Welcome back to another edition of the Detroit Sports Betters Podcast. This is Matt Wallace, and I hope everyone is having a great March Madness. I know I am, despite the fact that I potentially have the worst bracket in the United States. I had Auburn going the distance with Jabari Smith. They're already out, but I know I'm not the only one, and it do be like that sometimes. If you are one of those people, though, who put $100 on every single underdog throughout the tournament, there were 15 underdog victories over the first two rounds. And last night, Gonzaga just got eliminated to join teams like Baylor, Kentucky, Auburn, like I said, Wisconsin, Iowa, Arizona, and Illinois are all gone. You know, crazy tournament once again. And next year, I am definitely adapting that strategy where I just close my eyes, put $100 on every single underdog, and not going to look back. You know, if you did that, shout you out, congrats to you. Uh, you should shoot me a DM of some of your plays or what your your unit total is right now because I would honestly be curious to know. Pretty cool, and hey, congratulations, great tournament, and I'm sure there will be more upsets going forward. You know, not only, though, has March Madness been crazy, the NFL has been absolutely insane the past two weeks, and, you know, like an individual like Tyreek Hill, finding a new home, going to the Miami Dolphins, which I did not expect at all. And then another one that caught me completely off guard was Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. That was more so just money talks, you know what I mean? I honestly thought he was going to go to Atlanta or the New Orleans Saints, but shout out Cleveland getting it done, locking up their franchise quarterback for five years going forward. Um, We're going to definitely talk about that more in depth in today's podcast along with some NBA talk and some NFL draft, I need to address what everyone is saying in regards to Malik Willis because I think I have a different opinion and we will get into that here shortly. But today's podcast, the Detroit Sports Bears podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a new DFS style sports book that specializes in player parlays. You can run a two pick parlay all the way to five but the cool thing about prize picks is if you miss a leg, you still get paid out some amount, okay? They have different options. They have the flex option where it's a little less risky to go with that option. You might win 2.5 times your bet rather than four times or five times, something along those lines. But if you go with that flex option and you miss one leg or even two legs in some instances, you still get some money back. But if you want to go the regular style parlay, the all or nothing 10 to 1 odds, you can do that as well. Okay. Personally, this is my favorite sports book. Okay. I love prize picks. This is what I use basically daily now. And if you guys don't follow me on Twitter just yet, at Conanis Picks. I put picks and plays every single day, just about with prize picks. I'm starting to do FanDuel, same game parlays going forward as well. But again, prize picks, really cool DFS style sports book where at times you can even find advantages on lower odds. Uh, they have multiple sports now. They're, they're getting into golf as well. So definitely highly recommend checking that out and using the code DSB when you sign up because when you use the code DSB, you get 100% money match up to $100. I'm telling you, this is the up and coming sports book. Prize picks, okay, check it out. 
Um, you get some free money to play with. And again, a lot of the community runs with it. I put picks and plays up daily, especially on Twitter. I've been doing a lot of Twitter lately just because I've been so insanely busy. So if you're looking for picks and plays, if you're looking for my stuff, opinions, whatever, check me out on Twitter at Conanus Picks. But today, I wanted to start off talking about the Brooklyn Nets, okay? You guys have heard me talk about the Brooklyn Nets in the past. I finally put my bet down for the NBA championship. My first one was the Golden State Warriors at 16 to 1, okay? I got them in earlier in the season. I put $200 on that, so it's 200 to win 3200. And I wanted to get something on, you know, uh from the East, okay? And that's what Brooklyn is. I got a West team with the Golden State Warriors, and I wanted to get one from the East. And when Ben Simmons went to the Brooklyn Nets, you guys heard me talk about how important that was. And one of the other things that I was worried about was Kyrie Irving and the New York vaccination protocols. Because New York, if you are unvaccinated, you at that time were unable to participate in sporting events. So Kyrie was not able to play at home games. He was only able to play on the road away and that's why the nets were so tough on the road and somewhat like 500 at home but new york lifted that ban allowing kyrie irving to start partaking in home games and i mean this is a dude who has passed four games is averaging 43 points okay him and kevin durant are just different animals and you know ben simmons is making me nervous i cannot lie but I wanted to grab these plus 625 odds while I still could because when Ben Simmons comes back, if and when he comes back, he is going to probably take them down to plus 400 odds because he is one of the best defenders throughout the entire NBA. He's the most versatile defender throughout the NBA. And head coach Steve Nash of the Brooklyn Nets came out and said, I will not just place Ben Simmons in a playoff game. That makes me nervous. He needs to play in some regular season games. So there has been news actually coming out over the past couple days that has said Ben Simmons is expected to play this season. If they have those three playing together, I personally believe this is the most dangerous team in the NBA. We've talked about this before. They have Seth Curry. They have Joe Harris, who is still due to come back. Okay, two of the best sharpshooters throughout the entire NBA Again, you have someone like Bruce Brown, who's just a gritty grinder. He rebounds the ball. He passes. He scores. He does a little bit of everything. And then you also have someone like Goran Dragic being able to run the twos, an experienced point guard who has a mid-range jumper. He has a three-pointer. He's a crafty finisher uh, around the bucket. And then you have Andre Drummond and Nicholas Claxton. This is a very good team. I'm telling you guys. They, I'm, I'm not even sure what's going on with LaMarcus Aldridge. That's another thing. So again, this team really is stacked top to bottom. They just need everyone to play together as one. And they kind of have to figure it out rather quick. But one thing lucky for them that they have is Kevin Durant. And in my eyes, Kevin Durant is still hands down the best player in all of basketball. When he is going... He is truly unstoppable, especially on the offensive end. It's crazy how easy he makes it look. His mid-range jumper is so effortless, and he's just so tall and lanky. It's nearly impossible to defend. And then on top of that, if Ben Simmons is in the game, he is playing, 
That is such a huge difference because someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to have to guard Kevin Durant on one end and then go play offense on the other. Someone like Kevin Durant, if he has Ben Simmons, then Ben Simmons checks Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then Kevin Durant can focus more so on rebounding, protecting the rim, and especially the offensive side of the basketball. So it does. It makes an enormous difference. Yes, um, for the West, the Golden State Warriors are still my favorite, even though I took them in the beginning. I just think they're too deep. You know, a lot of people didn't even expect Jordan Poole to pop off like the like how he has. So that's another thing. This Warriors team is even better. Well, definitely even better than people expected because they were 16 to 1. There's a reason for that. But I don't think anyone expected Jordan Poole to be doing what he's doing. You know, Clay is back. He's doing his thing. James Wiseman is about to come back and hopefully he starts doing his thing. You know, he's still a unique talent. This is a player who went number two overall. Still wish they would have taken LaMelo Ball, but that would have been a pretty interesting dynamic. I'm not sure how that would have worked out. So the James Wiseman pick still could be that move. Uh, again, though, Brooklyn Nets on points bet. On points bet at plus 625. Okay, and that's one thing I'll add as well is uh, Detroit Sports Betters is no longer with DraftKings Sportsbook. So I will be shopping odds. Our main partner is PrizePix DFS. But PrizePix doesn't have futures. They only do player props. So, again, you might hear me shopping odds a little bit more. And this one I got at plus 625 on points bet. I believe DraftKings or FanDuel already had it down to like plus 450. So this was by far the best odds for the Brooklyn Nets. But now we're going to move on to some NFL moves and some draft talk, okay? Because last week we already talked about the Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. We discussed that. But my goodness, what a move with Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins. You know, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, he kind of set the stage for receivers. So a lot of teams are kind of getting out because, you know, obviously someone like Patrick Mahomes is going to be more important than someone like Tyreek Hill. You have to pay the best potentially the best quarterback in all of football, their money. It's That's just how it's going to go. So, you know, for both teams, it seems like they got what they wanted. The Chiefs got a lot of draft capital, and the Miami Dolphins got another crazy good weapon. This team is going to be very, very fast. You know, they have Jalen Waddell on one side. They're going to have Tyreek Hill. They're going to have Cedric Wilson, Mike Gusecki. They still have Devontae Parker as well, who's a beast when he's healthy. Just... You know, I don't know if he's going to be healthy. My biggest thing, though, is always Tua. I am not someone who has bought into Tua. I don't really buy into those shorter running style quarterbacks. And I don't know if he has the arm strength for someone like Tyreek Hill. Uh, not saying he he cannot because he did have surgery. And, you know, this is a couple of years now. So maybe this offseason he can really focus on that, strengthen on, on pushing that football down the field a little bit more. But for me, I think this is going to be a lot of shotgun. I think it's going to be a lot of running out of the shotgun, a lot of run pass option out of the shotgun to Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill getting Tua out on the edge. Um, but again, to me, it doesn't make that big of a difference. I think this is still a 9-8, and 10-7 style team. And the AFC right now is just too talented. Your biggest piece is not going to be a Tyreek Hill. And I almost think for the Miami Dolphins, it's, it wasn't really a, a move that needed to be made. 
I think you kind of gave away some draft capital and you're trying to force something that necessarily doesn't need to be there. Because at the end of the day, your receivers are only as good as your quarterback. And if Tua cannot push the football down the field, then this Miami team could be in trouble. Um, the jury is still out on Tua. I personally am definitely on the fence. In the long run, no, I don't think Tua is going to be um, a pro bowler. I don't think this he's going to take this Miami team to a Super Bowl or anything like that. But you guys have heard me talk in the past. I am a pro-style quarterback type guy. Those are the, the quarterbacks that I tend to bet on. And not so much like the Lamar, Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murrays, and things like that. But moving on to another side of things with a quarterback. And this is someone who can move a little bit, but I definitely have a lot more faith in this quarterback than in terms of Tua. And this is Deshaun Watson going to the Cleveland Browns, which is an enormous move. If Deshaun Watson was in that Miami position, then, I'm not kidding, then I would move it to 12-5. and I'd move it to 13-4 and or something like that. Because Deshaun Watson is that good. He can move the football down the field. He can hit those tight windows. He can get out on the edge. He's still fast enough to get by those defensive ends. So I think it was a huge move for the Cleveland Browns, and they obtained him for a five-year, $230 million salary, contract, whatever. Uh, Cleveland, not the best receiving core at the, at this moment. Uh, Jarvis Landry still up in the air. They do have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who with a good quarterback, I think he could potentially do some things. You know, it is. It is a different story when you're going against someone or you're playing with someone like Baker Mayfield. It's just different. Injury or not, I don't think Baker should be kind of getting ridiculed uh, the way that he is and kind of just written off. I think he still deserves a chance. But there's a reason the Cleveland Browns paid Deshaun Watson five-year, $230 million. Because quarterbacks like that don't come around that often. And, you know, money talks. Money definitely talks because Deshaun Watson is probably going to get suspended still. It might be a six-game suspension. It could ruin the first year of his contract. And I'd be interested to know if there's a clause in that contract in case he did. I would have to imagine Cleveland would protect themselves in some way. You know, but this is a futuristic move for the Cleveland Browns as well. They probably would draft a receiver uh, in this draft. You know, they do have, I believe it's Rashard Higgins behind Donovan Peoples Jones and then potentially Jarvis Landry. And after that, it's kind of some no names. Uh, Will Fuller is still floating around there a little bit, but. You know, this could be a year where they need to reload on wide receivers or just do the typical Cleveland Browns thing and run the hell out of the football. A lot of it does come down to how long uh, I believe Deshaun Watson will get suspended for, but they definitely, definitely need some wideouts or Donovan Peoples Jones to take a huge leap forward, which I do think there is potential there. You know, he's a tall guy, he's got strong hands, he's been known to stretch the field. And if you have a quarterback who can actually hit those tight windows and put it in those spots, this could be something to keep an eye on, but everything comes down to how long Deshaun Watson will potentially get suspended for. You know, the NFL is not shy about suspending their players, even if proven innocent. Um, they still will suspend you just for, you know, kind of putting the NFL in a bad way or, or whatever. So I do think he's going to get suspended. And when that occurs, I'll kind of go from there when it comes to evaluating the Cleveland Browns. 
But moving on to another quarterback move, and that is Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, for me, this is a solid move. I think it takes them from just missing the playoffs to making the wild card. You know, I think Matt Ryan's better days are behind him. It's another situation where he would need to prove me wrong. Lucky for him, he's not in the strongest division in the world currently outside of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I think you can get some some wins there, maybe a, uh, probably a sweep on at least one of those. So, you know, oh my gosh, I'm thinking he's on the Falcons still. Eh, it's still not the best division in the world, but either way, either way, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he interacts um, with Jonathan Taylor and, you know, you do have Michael Pittman Jr., who's a nice nice receiver on the outside there. You know, it's different when you're having, you actually have a solid run game, which the Atlanta Falcons had not had a true solid run game since the Devontae Freeman days, you know. So it has been a while. So I, I am definitely interested to see there how they progress, how Michael Pittman potentially progresses. But the Colts aren't a team that has made a ton of splashes in the offseason. A lot of these NFL teams are really going after it. They're really attacking it. You go and you, you look at the Chargers. The Chargers have made a ton of moves. I think they've it's taken them to the top of the AFC, one of the top three teams. And with the move that we're going to talk about next, you know, since Juju Smith-Schuster went to the Kansas City Chiefs after Tyreek Hill, he's replacing Tyreek Hill. They also picked up Marquez Valdez-Scantling for, I believe, a three-year, $35, $36 million contract. So not, not too bad. But again, I'm not blown away. I still, uh, you know, for the Chiefs getting the draft compensation, I understand what they were doing. And I think Juju could be very, very good with Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, Juju in the past has not run a ton of outside. And um, Travis Kelsey likes to handle a lot of that inside uh, at the tight end position. So I'm interested to see how this thing is going to work and how it's going to mess with Juju and Patty Mahomes and everyone else. I think it's going to take some time to gel correctly because uh, I believe now they're plus 200 to win the division. And I would take the Chargers now, honestly, just because the Chargers are fully reloaded. They have addressed the positions of need where, you know, they've got some sexy picks like or players like Khalil Mack where it makes it look good and flashy. It's a big splash. But they also re-signed Mike Williams. They also signed two defensive tackles when they were bottom three within the NFL in rush defense just absolutely dreadful like you can't beat people if you can't control the clock if you can't stop the football on the ground you are going to lose a lot of games and you're going to lose a lot of close games so I'm very happy they addressed that because uh, that was kind of irritating for me last year because a couple times I bet on them and their run defense literally cost me my bet so I'm glad they addressed that. And I think Justin Herbert is an absolute stud. You know, arm strength is something that you really can't teach. And it, it's kind of, that's a good transition to my next topic because we're going to talk about the NFL draft. And I wanted to talk about Malik Willis. Okay, right now he's currently minus 200 to be the first quarterback taken in the draft. And he is plus 400 to be the second pick going to our very own Detroit Lions. And I wanted to discuss this because I I guess I have an outside the box opinion. Because when you when you look at Twitter and you look at social media and you look at local sports or sports throughout the country, they really gas up 
these quarterbacks like Malik Willis who have these crazy pro days or they'll have a crazy throw in the pro day where if you didn't see it, Malik Willis rolls out of the pocket and he sticks his foot in the ground and he throws across his body 65 yards on the dime, on a dime for a touchdown. And it's a very impressive throw. It's a very impressive throw and it gets hype going, it gets it gets clicks going, it gets clout for certain pages. And for me though, this is just something that happens every single year. Every single year, a quarterback makes a very impressive throw on air. Let me add, on air. And for these quarterbacks, a quarterback like uh, Malik Willis, like even last year, Justin Fields, or last year, Zach Wilson, you know, when they make these throws on their pro days, they have made these throws tens of thousands of times throughout their life. Every single generally fry, college or pro, whatever it may be, you're going to have some full pad days, you're going to have some half pad days, you're going to have some no pad days where you're just running on air, making throws, plays, stuff like that. So this should be something very casual. Yes, I agree there are some pressure filled with this because there are head coaches, there are cameras, you know, there's Sports Illustrated there. But for the most part, a lot of quarterbacks make very good throws on their pro days, unless you're someone like Teddy Bridgewater who just fell apart. You know, last year, again, like I was saying, Justin Fields had one of the better throws in a pro day, running across his body, throwing it 60 yards to the pylon on a dime. Zach Wilson had the same exact throw as Malik Willis, just not as far. You know, so Malik Willis definitely displayed some arm strength, but for a team to take him at number two, that is, to me, that's just way too high. And I think this is just media and local sports media, especially gassing someone up essentially for clout and for clicks and looks and things like that. Because in reality, this is not the pick to make in my eyes. You know, next year is, is the quarterback class and the Lions have so many needs on that team and options at the number two pick because you can package that and move back as well if you would like and compile draft picks and maybe get some draft picks even for next year that you could package and move up next year if you needed to. Okay, so there's just a lot of things there. Uh, I am not on the Malik Willis hype train, you know. I think he's a very talented quarterback, but you guys also know how I feel about that style of quarterback. When you're a six-foot quarterback and you rely on your legs kind of just as much as your arm, yeah, you're going to put up some good stats. You're probably going to sell some seats, which would be great for Detroit as well. But as the herd thins out... As you get in the playoffs and you face better defenses, cold weather, wind, you know, he does have a cannon, so he should be able to throw through that wind, but cold weather and weather and, and outside circumstances that have to do with nature slow you down, and the better teams will get you. In the history of the NFL, there has never been a quarterback the style of Malik Willis to win a Super Bowl, okay? And if you say Russell Wilson, okay, I can understand that, but... I'll also argue at that time, and still to this day, Russell Wilson doesn't run that much. You know, and I'll also say that he probably had the best defense the past 20 years. Probably. Compare, I mean, you could compete it with the Baltimore Ravens defense of, I believe it was 2000, but that is probably the best defense the past 20 years, and that is the only quarterback who was actually more of he was still more of a pocket passer. No one has ever really the style of Malik Willis, 
gone on to be successful within the NFL. Wish the man all of the success. I think he's a really cool guy. I love his energy. Um, I love how hype he gets. I love how hype everyone gets around him. That means you're a good person generally. You know, when everyone else is rooting for you, you did some good things, everybody eats. That means you're probably a pretty good guy. So I can definitely appreciate that. But he went to Liberty, Liberty University, and had 27 touchdowns to 12 interceptions while completing 61% of his passes against very subpar competition. I think the kids got skills. I think the kids for sure got skills. But for number two, number two is not a time to get risky. It's not a time to get cute. You need a player that you're going to potentially have for the next 10 years. Security. So again, I think there's way too many options at the number two pick to even be discussing this. To even be discussing this. If this kid goes on and makes Pro Bowls and the Hall of Famer in the Lions uniform, I will be his biggest fan in the world. I promise you that. But with the number two pick, it is not time to take a question mark quarterback from Liberty University who is playing Eastern Michigan. You know, like, it. that is not the time to do that. It's time to get a player that is going to be secure for the next 10 years, preferably an edge rusher, okay? An edge rusher is my biggest thing. Edge rushers make the difference in the NFL today. Like we've talked about, it makes good corners look great. It makes average corners look good because that quarterback doesn't have the time to sit back and look over the field like he typically would. Defensive ends make such a difference. And rather than talking number two, Malik Willis, I'm not kidding. I would be wondering, okay, how could we potentially even move up to get Aiden, to secure Aiden? And I know some people might think that's kind of crazy, but I don't think it really is. Because we have we have the second pick. We have the 32nd pick. We have the 34th pick. Okay, we could easily say, hey, Jacksonville, we'll give you pick two, we'll give you pick 34, and we'll give you pick 97 in return for pick one, pick 65, pick 70. So then we get two fourth round picks. Yeah, we give up a second round pick, but we already have a second round pick. And then we give up a fifth. So, I mean, I do think there are options out there. And I bet you, I bet you the Detroit Lions are going to be willing to explore those. Uh, for me, it's just too risky with Malik Willis. Um, I don't even know if he's the best quarterback in this group. You know, I, um, it's tough for me. It's tough for me. This, this season as a college quarterback too, he only had two games of over 300 yards. This would be a player too that would sit on the bench for a year. Is that what you want as a Lions fan? You need to sell tickets. You need to put asses in the seats. Like we need to get this thing going. And I understand you saw a nice throw for 65 yards on air. And yeah, it was a dime. But I like I'm telling you guys, they're doing that almost every single day since they were 10 years old. You should be able to do that on air. You're also going to lose some distance with pads. Things are a little different with pads. So a lot of this, I think, is just the media hyping it up. A lot of it, I think, is local sports media hyping it up. And that's part of the reason that I started talking on on the Detroit Sports Betters podcast and all the other podcasts that I do now and whatnot. It's because of 
how I kind of looked at the the local sports media. I don't really like how how they are about things. I feel like it's a lot about clicks and clout. Uh, a lot of people don't have their own opinions these time. They just, these days they just want to grab what's hot, put it out, then be like, "Ooh, I'd love to see this. What do you think?" You know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my take on Malik Willis. I'm not for it. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great talent, but. I'm even up in the air on him being the first quarterback taken. I'm sure there will be someone. I think he'll be more like number nine at Seattle or something like that. But um, for the second pick, I do not see it. I think that's just a smokescreen. I think that's just a uh, kind of media, local media, like I was saying. And in reality, this is going to bring me to my next point. In reality, I think the Detroit Lions should evaluate and see if the Jaguars would be interested in exchanging picks. I don't think the the Aiden pick is going to be something that is off the table for a trade. I think they would be willing to discuss it. And for me, I think it's that big because this is a local kid who is from Michigan. He's from the Plymouth, Michigan area. And it would be so good for the community. He His heart is here in this community too, wanting to grow with this team, grow with this squad. And I say that too because I am very close with Aiden Hutchinson's team. Myself and his agent are very good friends. We've been good friends for three years since I started Serenity Medical CBD. <coughs> and really good guy. I was fortunate enough to even meet Aiden's team and meet his mom, his family, literally everyone. And it really is such a him getting drafted and him going number one and everything like that. It really is a, a family event. It's it's a family affair, I should say. Because when I met everyone, I met his sister, I met his mom, and I met I was with my friend Ryan, who is the vice president of Radish Sports Agency and the agent of Aiden Hutchinson. So when I met everyone and kind of sat down and talked. It was very apparent to me how much it meant to him, his family, you know, to to really take everything in and to even be from the area and to be from Metro Detroit, you know. And and Ryan and Ryan and Radden Sports just having a crazy year. They all also represent Evan Neal. But um, back to uh, back to Aiden. What I was getting at is, I think the the Lions are going to be evaluating how they could potentially trade up to get number one. You know, right now, Aiden Hutchinson is minus 280 to go number one in the NFL draft. He is the clear-cut number one. I personally believe he will be going number one, and it will be the Jaguars or the Lions who get Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I've looked over a lot of... I've looked over DraftKings, FanDuel, points bet, and no one has... The like the the bat. Who will the Detroit Lions take at number, or who who will take Aiden Hutchinson? Like what team? They don't have that bat. Like will it be the Jaguars? Will it be the Lions? Anything like that? They have the Lions at number two, but I don't think the Lions will take him at number two. I think the Lions will take him at number one. Okay, I think the Lions or the Jaguars will take him at number one. And I do think like personally. When evaluating it, you know, I think Aiden Hutchinson gets asses in the seats. You're taking Michigan fans and you're just getting them down into Detroit. You have to think about that too. A lot of this comes down to what is going to sell tickets as well on top of everything. So again, I think Aiden Hutchinson to me is this clear cut number one pick. 
I think he's the number one pick, and I think the Lions are going to do everything possible to make it so they are the ones who pick him. But again, Aiden Hutchinson is minus 280 to go the first pick in the NFL draft. I wish it was a little lower, but it looks like a great bet right now. You know, if you had the money to throw it down, I think it's a pretty secure pick. You know, things do change day to day, but after the combine and Aiden performing as well as he did, I think he locked it up. I literally think Aiden Hutchinson locked up the number one pick. It is going to be him. And now it just mad. It just comes down to, is it going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars or is it going to be the Detroit Lions who take him? So that's really what I'm, that's really kind of my take on it. And I apologize. There's not as many like specific odds on this podcast this week. Uh, trying to give you some like the Malik Willis minus 200 QB um, plus 400 second pick, which I don't think either of those will happen. But you know, I did talk about the Brooklyn Nets with the plus 625. There's just not as much going on right now. I mean, it's tough to do NBA when you do a podcast on Friday or something like that. And you guys know I don't really do spreads. But that's why I'm trying to do a little more current events because I love talking about this stuff. I do have some pretty in-depth analysis when it comes to Aiden uh, or when it comes to a Malik Willis or something like that. You know, um, I've always been, not only did I play football for a long time, but I've always been a student of the game. And now I take my connections very, very serious. And I'm making more and more connections, like I said, uh, with Pro Football Focus, with The Athletic, Radigan Sports Agency. I met with Trayvon Diggs' team last week. So again, just making more and more connections, trying to get more and more information uh, within the field and, you know, just trying to grow. That's what this is all about. And I do apologize to those within Detroit Sports Writers because I've been so busy, I cannot sit down and write anymore. It really sucks. So I just kind of have to hop on the podcast, hop on the YouTube, Twitter. Like I was saying, I do a lot of stuff on Twitter right now at Conanus Picks. Would greatly appreciate a follow there. Um, just because all of it is quicker. And again, I, I don't really have the time to sit down and talk, or I'm sorry, and write for a couple hours like I used to. Life has just kind of gotten gotten bigger, or uh, bigger, yeah, and uh, busier, busier for sure. So everything is good though. But again, I hope everyone is having a great week. I hope your your brackets are doing a lot better than mine because I'm, like I said, probably dead last in America. But that's it for this edition of the Detroit Sports Betters Podcast. As always, guys, I greatly appreciate you tuning in, listening each and every week. And uh, this time just talking some current events. And I hope my Malik Willis take doesn't drive you too crazy because it seems like everyone is for Malik Willis right now. And again, not saying I'm wishing downfall on the man. I just don't think he should be the number two pick. If we were sitting at number 9, 10, 11, 15, 20, um, yeah, I'd understand a little more. But number two, it's just too risky. We need security going forward or we are going to be one angry fan base. And we'd be honestly angry at a kid who didn't even deserve to be the number two pick. So again, guys, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Happy Friday. This is Matt Koalas from Detroit Sports Betters. Have a great weekend, everyone. I am out. Peace, y'all.